HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. It's the final stretch of 2022, and HRN needs your help. Become an HRN member with a donation of any amount at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> <laughs> ho, leave it in. Ho, 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 ho. It's me, Santa Claus. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about Christmas. Nicole, hi. Hi, you just turned that into like Tim the Toolman Taylor also. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Ho, it's, uh, it's me, toxic masculinity. Ho, 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 ho. Tools. <clears throat> yes, Hello? home improvement. Can it be done? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny hi how are you great fine great. let's just end it there and i'll We've see you later, later. <laughs> okay <laughs> hi um we were just talking right before the show began about bruised butt cracks pains and asses and armin i'm sorry to put you on blast i know this was a private conversation <laughs> but you were mentioning um pulling butt cheeks apart to to use the toilet for number two not uh, for number one for number two but it reminded me of a terrible experience I had Uh-oh. once when I went I I was having like ulcerations in my bladder like years ago from like basically not peeing ever like from working in the kitchen um Ew. you know because it would just be too busy and so I would you never have ulcers pee. in your pee hole yeah, no, like in my bladder. Oh, in your inside. bladder. That's crazy. From holding urine in, right? So I had to go to the urologist. And while I was there, this like, ra- I didn't, like, I don't know any urologists, obviously. Right, because so we don't live on the person. Upper West Side. I mean, I haven't met any urologists. Imagine, like, my whole friend circle was urologists except for you. That's what it's like in the 80s in dating movies in the New York City. They're like, oh, yeah. Let me introduce you to my friend. He's a urologist. You're going to love him. Would you date a urologist? Just sidebar. Yeah, I need financial security. That's true. But so much pee talk all the time. Pee this, pee that. I mean, that's better than a proctologist. That's true. That's fucking very strange. Or even a gynecologist, which really puzzles me why anyone would really want to do that profession. But (laughs) God bless you. Um, 
Now, let's get back to this urologist. Here I am. I'm sitting in the office. This strange man walks in, and he walks in with two child interns, like two teens from, like, like whatever, NYU Medical Hauser? School. Exactly. A child prodigy <laughs> um, from the band Prodigy. And so he, like, starts asking all these questions about, like, my bladder and, like, peeing and stuff. And he's like, okay, so what you need to know uh, – when you, what well, we need to know, when you wipe your vagina after you urinate, do you pull the lips apart with your fingers and <laughs> wipe front to back? And I was just like, what are you talking about? And it was so humiliating, like in front of these two children, just like, do I pull my vagina apart to wipe? Like, what are you talking about? No you know one what I mean? does that. I was like, sir, Why I just like, need you to. There's no one on earth who uses a two pronged two-hand approach to wiping their vagina. <laughs> you have to pull your vagina apart and then also wipe and while balancing on a toilet and also does he know that we pee in public that would be like so much time and energy i had to spend so much time and energy retucking my shirt back in every time i, pee. I know hours i agree i was like of my life have been lost terrible. <laughs> so if i he, know i <laughs> not gonna sorry, add, we just bleh, 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 bleh. i'm not gonna add any additional time to my peeing sir and also, no one has ever done that before. <laughs> no one's ever done that before. I'm like, of course I don't do it myself. I'm I'm a lady. I uh, have an assistant who does that for yeah. me. Um, no, anyway, that's ridiculous. Anyway, Armin, thank you for uh, prompting that lost memory that's now been recovered. It's a holiday memory because it happened around Christmas time. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, fond holiday memory. What are you doing right now? Are you having some grog? I'm having some coffee. From Trader, no Trader Joe's. What is grog? Like mold wine? Uh, I don't really know what grog is, but I think you drink grog around the holidays if you were from the Middle Ages. Sure. And I am. Yeah, you are middle-aged and from the Middle Ages. All right, let's find out what grog is. Okay, great. Grog um, is a term used for a variety of alcoholic beverages, usually rum diluted with water. <laughs> Ew. Okay, sure. Okay, Bukowski. Whatever you want, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a haircut? Yes, I got a haircut. Oh, Nicole looks so cute. Your hair is so cute Thank and you. short. It's like kind adorable. of 90s, not intentionally, but... Yeah, you look like Kurt Cobain. I'm not going to drag anybody. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, so what are you doing for to celebrate the holiday season? My sister is here, literally in the other room weirdly listening to us every word that we say but she can only hear me um so it's confusing to her <laughs> she thinks I'm just in here talking to myself um we're gonna go over to my dad's on Christmas Eve and then my family's coming over here for Christmas day and we're gonna make nice. pot roast that Costco Whoa. already made for us and packaged it and then my sister's gonna make this elaborate mushroom pasta dish and then Yum. we're going to have mashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts. Oh, that sounds great. I wish I was coming to your house. That you sounds can. so fun. There's plenty of room. That's true. I could. Let me catch a flight. I'm not doing anything on Christmas because, Day. Is because, the weather bad out there? Well, yeah, the weather is, like, freezing. Um, but, like, all my plans just keep getting canceled. And I, like, initially planned to spend Christmas Day alone just because I kind of like to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go see the new feature film Babylon. Oh, I don't even know about this. It's a new Damien Chazelle movie. I don't know if uh, that is. Brad Pitt's in it, America's Sweetheart. 
Wait, isn't and he already in a movie called Babylon or Babel? Yes, that's Babel. That's your favorite the movie. The prequel to Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally, it is the, it's the sequel. It's Babel on. Babel like on two, two or Babel two. It's Babel, Babel on. <laughs> <laughs> More ba- Babel on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, so I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go to Bemelman's bar and drink alone and try to find a husband. Are they open on Christmas Day and they don't care about their staff yeah. at all? No, they don't. I don't care about them either. And that's why I'm going. And well, I'm not going to tip. Maybe they're Jewish. <laughs> yes, everyone who owns Bemelman's bar is Jewish and who works there. It's a prerequisite. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of bad tipping, I have some pretty upsetting news for Tell us. Me. Um, so... Apparently, J-Lo and Uh-oh. Ben Lo <laughs> have, ben been, have been getting dragged on TikTok for being shitty tippers. Ew. So, like, How apparently, well, they went to Vegas. Multiple people have addressed this and sort of agreed with it, but I still don't know what to believe. So, apparently, um, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, Ben Lo tips really well in cash and then j-lo goes around and takes the cash back <laughs> <gasps> oh my god get Which out is of impossible here impossible to believe but yeah this one is slightly more believable um so supposedly one of there was like a server that was only waiting on ben and so for her kindness and generosity he tipped her ten thousand dollars and then j-lo said oh, hell no, and took the money back. And then the next day, Ben sent the server, Tiffany, um, $25,000 and a bouquet of flowers because he was so embarrassed. And for me, to this means that Ben was sleeping with Tiffany. And that's probably <laughs> yes. why Jen was upset that he gave her ten grand right in front of her. He should have given her like a little envelope secretly. I don't understand why this he didn't 100- know this. This 100% means that she has seen his Phoenix back tattoo. Oh, yeah, for sure. Up close. I mean, and that's why he had to give her 25 grand because... Hush money. It's seared on her memory forever. You know what? You couldn't pay me $25,000 cash to look at that fucking tattoo within, like, a foot. It's too disgusting. What? I would totally look at it for $25,000. What are you talking about? I wouldn't. (laughs) I have standards. Mm. I don't need the money. Okay. (laughs) Well, I need the money. I don't so need the money. I'm why rich. Why don't we tell them that we're both going to do it, and I'll take your money, and you can keep your eyes closed. Okay, great. Um, wow, that's wild. Being a bad tipper is fucked up and crazy, but, like, being a bad tipper when you have, like, millions and millions of dollars. However, like, I find that rich people are always the cheapest people. That's true. That's how they stay so rich. Exactly. Although, one time, a really cute country musician, young person, who I don't know who it is, came in to the restaurant, and he tipped me $400. That's incredible. And I never would have One time. known that he was famous until he tipped me that money. And then I was like, why did that guy out there tip me whatever the amount, like $400? And we looked at his credit card and someone was like, oh, yeah, he's a country music star. Allegedly. You're like, oh, it's Chris Gaines. Yeah, it was Chris Gaines. He was soul patch. <laughs> Chris Gaines and Chris Angel are the same person. I had an experience once, which you know about. I'm not going to say who it was, but a very famous celebrity, two famous rich celebrities who were treated to a full meal at Brucey, and each left $20. Yeah, well, they had to tip the cab driver, too, you know? 
Yeah, that's true. If I never tipped anybody ever, like I would also be a millionaire and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> that's actually probably true because we do eat out quite a lot. Also, did you see New York Magazine said that Romans is the most Gen Z place to eat dinner? What? Yeah. How did that happen? What are you talking about? This There's a woman, I'm pretty sure it's a woman. Her, she's like the year I ate New York and I just fucking oh, yeah. hate mm-hmm. pretty much every opinion that she has. Um, yes. but I feel like I agree with her that it is a gen or sorry, gen X. Did I say gen Z. You did. Gen X makes sense. Gen, gen X Z is the most no gen X place to eat dinner. And I was like, that's true. People in their forties eat there. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes complete sense. I was like gen Z where these folks get the money to go to Romans. Most well, overly they said that the most place millennial place is, um, What's James Murphy's bar? Four Horsemen. Oh. Which I think is very expensive. So how are they affording that? I mean, millennials are in their 30s now. I guess they're rich enough. Their parents is, are dead and their estate funds have come out and they can afford to eat there. Technically, I'm a millennial, although I argue about this all the time with people because, right, doesn't like being, they, they like waivers. Being a millennial either starts in like 1980 or like 84 or whatever. Well, but Gen X, the last year is 1980. I know. However, I remember when Kurt Cobain died and hearing it from another Kurt, Kurt Loader. And therefore, I like to partner myself with Gen X. <laughs> You're just an <clears throat> elder millennial. I'm a Gen X. I'm a younger Gen Xer. I have a slightly gloomy disposition, <laughs> but also a good sense of humor. And I love the movie Tank Girl. So moving mm, on. Wow. <laughs> Um, okay, listen, let's get serious here because we don't have a lot of time. We're, we're both about to die. Oh, yeah. This is our last day um, on Earth. Yeah, there's an asteroid, folks. Watch out. So Hold on, sorry. Doing... I don't want to move on yet. I just want to go through this oh, okay. really quick. So okay, she we'll says that the right. most boomer restaurant is Union Square Cafe. What do you think about that? Definitely. Yeah, I've I never been there. It's still open. Because I'm a Gen Xer, so they won't let me in. <laughs> um, okay. Then the most Gen X is Romans. The most Gen Z is the new wine bar, Sauced. Ah, never heard of it, obviously. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But how, if you're Gen Z, you're in your 20s, you're drinking at a wine bar? I don't believe that. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in your 20s, I, you're taking pickleback shots, right? <laughs> totally, or going to like Lit Lounge and like blowing someone from Interpol. Yeah, Totally. Um, okay, sorry. I, I just wanted like to get through that. It's important. Um, so, okay, today Zara and I are doing holiday cheer as our topic out of desperation and last minute scheduling snafus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, by the time this airs, I have no idea when this is going to air, but um, hopefully Christmas will be over so that it will be funny that we're talking about this. But, um, I decided to dig into the seedy underbelly of the history of two of America's favorite Christmas carols, Good King Wenceslas <laughs> and <laughs> The Twelve Days of Christmas. What is Good King Wenceslas? I'm about to tell you, bitch. Can you say, are you going to sing it? I'm not going to sing it. No, Google it. You I know, know it. I know you don't believe in singing on the podcast, but I don't know this song, so I'm just saying. Um, I can't sing it. Look Could you it hum up. it? No, just look it up. Everyone, if you don't know this song, Google it and you'll recognize it right away. 
Okay. Good King went to loss. The most popular Christmas carol of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, for some reason, this is the Christmas carol I always think of when I think of Christmas carols because it's like unpronounceable and mysterious. Um, and really has nothing to do with baby Jesus, interestingly enough. Okay, here we go. So this, the basic gist of this carol is that a king journeys through harsh winter weather to bring food and firewood to some poor dude he saw from the window of his palace. On December 26th, the Feast of Stephen, a.k.a. the second day of Christmas. <clears throat> it was different back then. Um, they... I don't know. They keep celebrating Christmas after Christmas is over. Um, this is actually based in a true story. St. Wenceslas I was the Duke of Bohemia in the year 907, which is Prague, basically. Um, and he was super into helping the poor. So they made him a saint. He wasn't really helping. He wasn't into, like, changing the systems in place to sort of make equality a thing. He was just, he would go out and give poor, like, a little bit of money. And they made him a saint for this. Um, um, takes nothing. All you have to do really is be a man. Yeah. Um, so the story goes, he's like chilling at his house, his palace, December 26th, Feast of Stephen. Um, he's out, he looks out the window and he sees some dude trying to get some firewood. And he was like, hey, servants, get over here. He's like, who's that guy? And they're like, oh, he lives far away and he's super poor. And he was like, oh, perfect. Um, so he forces his servants to bring him firewood and food, and then he makes one of his servants go out into the freezing winter cold and find this dude's house. Um, they're, so they're walking through all the snow. It's freezing. It's windy. And eventually the page says, dude, I cannot go any further. It's too cold. And the king's like, well, you have to. What you should do is walk in my footsteps behind me, and you'll be fine. And then the page was pleasantly warmed which means he froze to death, I think. <laughs> um, but allegedly, they make it and feed the guy. They have a big feast at his house. They just come over without even knocking or no prior plans. So if the guy had something else going on, he would have to cancel um, because the Duke is over. But they feed the guy. They have a feast. And then presumably, they both die of exposure on the way home. I don't know what happens afterwards. Um <clears throat> So that's the story. Um, this is Wait, the I looked up the song. Great. Um, I just want to hum it quickly so some everyone can know what it is. It was, <laughs> okay. Is that it? I think I mixed two together. Yeah. I think I mixed tidings of comfort and joy. Yeah. I, the beginning was right. The beginning was right. Okay, sorry. I just, in case anyone was just dying to know and couldn't find a way to look it up. Um, We're all on the same page. Okay, go ahead, Nicole. Okay, moving on. So, yeah, that was in the year 907. In 1582, many years later, Theodoricus Petri was at university at Rostock in Germany. And he was writing a bunch of hymns because, you know, he was boring and he loved God or whatever. And he wanted to preserve the songs of his fatherland, so he wrote this, like, book of hymns and old country men songs. Um, and it became really popular. It became the Finnish national, national treasure. So it has all of the Finnish songs 
that there were at the time, which I guess in 1582 was maybe a lot. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a finished na- product, a finished national treasure. So if they made the movie National Treasure in Finland, they would steal <laughs> this book of hymns instead of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the song was originally <laughs> called Tempus Adest Floridium, which means the time is near for flowering. Um, but that's the tune that Zor- that Zara just bastardized. That was the original tune to the song. But they didn't have any lyrics until 1853 when <laughs> John Mason Neal, famous hottie hymn writer. <laughs> Brother of Sam Neal, American yeah, sweetheart Sam Neal's grandpa. Um, he used the good King Wenceslas' brutal abuse of his servants and made it into a Christmas carol. Um, and he put it in a book of carols called A Carol for Christmas Tide. And that's the story of that song. Now, that's so funny. What made you think to like research that of all songs? Why? I don't, I don't know. I'm a freak. Um, <laughs> now we're going to talk about the 12 Days of Christmas. This is a song that I feel like everyone wants to research because you're like, why is someone giving me so many fucking birds for Christmas exactly. over and it's over so and over rude. Again. Yeah. It's rude. It's difficult. It's a huge project. Now all of a sudden you have tons and tons of birds. Makes no sense. Also, before we begin, when is the first day of Christmas? Is it Christmas? And yeah. then it goes so January? Yeah. No, it's only 12 days. So, oh yeah, I guess yeah. it would go to January. Oh, so it only goes to <laughs> December 37th? <laughs> yes, it goes to December 37th <laughs> and then it becomes January. <laughs> Great. Um, Great. So, yeah, there, the Christmas called the 12 days after Christmas, the 12 tied of Christianity. They were really into adding tied to the end of their words, um, which I feel like something tied the laundry detergent could capitalize on if they wanted to. The Christmas tide. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the 12 Are tied. Are you sick and tired of eggnog stains in your underwear? Get tied, Christmas tide. Oh, those aren't eggnog stains, honey. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the 12 days. This is also very suspicious to me, what I've just learned. So, the 12 days refer to the 12 days between Jesus getting born and the arrival of the three wise men. Okay? But if we were to believe the nativity scenes across the nation that I've been subjected to my entire life, the three wise men are already there. Unless Mary and Joseph have a baby in a fucking barn and stay in the barn in the middle of winter for 12 days, why would they not go back home? warm over there. Why wouldn't they go back home, though? They had a house. So, like, Uh, I don't know. They weren't real, uh, (laughs) I guess. So, yeah, so this is basically, I mean, I'm blowing the Jesus story out of the water here with this research. The three wise men didn't come for 12 days, and that's why everyone's celebrating in January. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, there's also people believed that the song was actually like a code for religious beliefs because you weren't allowed to be religious when it came out. Like, you weren't allowed to be Christian without getting persecuted. Um, And so they think that every part of it is a code for something else. And I'm going to read you all the codes. And let me tell you, they are stupid and boring. Um, Can't wait. Number one, partridge in a pear tree, that's Jesus, okay? That's him. Really? (laughs) The two turtle doves are the Old and the New Testament. The three French hens are faith, hope, and charity. Barf. Um, Like strippers. (laughs) Yes, for sure. 
um, Four Calling Birds, The Four Gospels, Snooze, um, Five Golden Rings are the first five books of the Old Testament. Who gives a shit, really? I don't, why would you even need to lie about wanting to read that? Um, six Geese <laughs> laying are the Days of Creation. Seven Swans of Swimming are the Seven Sacraments. Is that what the movie Seven is about? The Sacraments? No, that's a Seven yeah. Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins, Seven Ways to Die, Seven Sacraments, <laughs> Seven Minutes in Heaven. Seven <laughs> Eleven. So um, that was the original title. It's too long. Eight Maids of Milking are the eight Beatitudes. I don't know what those are. I used to know when I was a religious child. Um, nine Ladies Dancing are the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Fruits of the loom. Um, <laughs> ten Lords of Leaping are the Ten Commandments. Blah, blah, blah. Eleven Pipers Piping are the eleven faithful apostles minus Judas. He was the twelfth apostle and he like ratted everyone out. So sorry about your love, Judas. You didn't make it into the twelve days of Christmas. And then the twelve drummers drumming are the twelve points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed. Oh my god. (laughs) This is so boring. I don't know anything about the Bible. Yeah. So to me, I mean, I just, this means nothing to me at all. It means nothing to anyone. <laughs> so the other part about this is so stupid is it more than likely it's not real because people are like actual historians are like, okay, well, if you weren't allowed to like be Christian, why can you say the word Christmas in every line of this song? <laughs> That's a really good point. And also it just like ignores the fact that like avian enthusiasts, mm-hmm. like friend of the show Mike Sala yeah actually exists and I bet Mike is upset as many of you probably are who are listening in right now that there's no mention of any parrots in the 12 days of Christmas that is true and I think that that's parrot erasure yeah it is the 13th day of Christmas which has been wiped out much like Pluto the planet um was actually about parrots but uh it was unlucky because 13 parrots, as everyone knows, is um, a it's curse. Very also, parrot erasure just made me think of the band erasure, but with all parrots. <laughs> <laughs> when in the flames of love. Squawk, squawk, squawk. Um, okay, so this, this beautiful song, this bird song, appeared first in a children's book called Mirth Without Mischief, which I think is oh, kind of wow. cute. But the song was a little bit different. The partridge in a pear tree was actually a very pretty peacock in a pear tree, which is, I think, a cuter sound, but whatever. Um, more than likely, it was a memorization game for idiot children um, so that they could use their brains. Um, that makes sense. One final note about this song. Um, since the year 1984, PNC Bank has been tracking how much it would cost to buy all of this shit for someone for Christmas. <laughs> so in the year 1984, it would have cost you $20,069.50. If you were to buy all of these birds and humans um, in the year today, 2022, it would cost you $45,523.27, which is a 10.5% increase from last year. Wow. Um, you know, I inflation. Also encourage yeah, you yeah. to go to the PNC Bank website where you think, because they list each item and why it costs what it costs. They're like, yeah, hen feed actually costs a lot more than it used to. So that's why the hens are going to cost you like $500. <laughs> that's so funny. That's really incredible. And what yeah. a waste of $45,000. You could literally spend that on anything else you bought for $45,000 yeah. would be better than all of these like kind of ridiculous birds. M- most of them without any, to my knowledge, real function. Well, yeah. I mean, you can eat them. 
right? A turtle dove? Well, you can eat a turtle dove if you eat a guinea hen or whatever those things are called. Yeah, sure. But I just picture a turtle dove like one of those like mishmash animals, like with a turtle's head and dove wings. <laughs> well, a turtle dove is going to cost you $600, two of them. For one dove? Yeah. No, for two That's of them. Ins- Oh, well, in that case, sure. Also, it says here that five gold rings is only $1,200, and I don't think that's right. I feel like that's going to be more expensive than that, because I tried to buy a necklace that was all gold the other day, and it alone cost $1,200. Wow, and that also means that you could get four turtle doves for the price of one gold ring, whatever, five golden rings. How many? (laughs) Four? Yeah. Eight? The the price of gold rings grew by 40% in 2022. Gold is really high this year. So maybe don't buy any gold rings this year. Wait till next year, everyone. Thanks, Obama. Um, wow. This is amazing. <laughs> Do you think anyone, uh, surely somebody, some rich Republican has bought this as a gift for their wife at some point or another? Probably many, don't you think? Well, I just feel like this. the part that's hard for me to understand is the what, nine ladies dancing. So are you just, having people swing by and do a little dance and then they leave. Oh yeah. That's the the most expensive part. Probably really. Do you think the drummer's drumming also is probably like a drum line, I guess that'd be kind of cute though to get a drum line. A hundred percent. That's an absolute dream. 12 drummers is like so many drummers. (laughs) Especially if like, what if they're all like Mick Fleetwood and they each need two drum cases, drum sets. Wow. That's true. That you need a lot of space, a lot of space. You would have to be like in a ballroom of some kind, I think. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Have you ever done any ballroom dancing? Speaking of ballrooms, I've been meaning to ask you this. No. Have you? No, of course not. I've no, seen I don't really. The movie Strictly Ballroom. Yeah, I've seen that too. You know what the thing about dancing is? It makes me dizzy. Like dancing <laughs> around, like, in, you know, when people like spin you and stuff like that, I get very yeah. dizzy. Well, and... I like to dance, but yeah, yeah pr- like proper ballroom dancing, no, I don't know how to do it. Like, I like to dance when the rhythm takes me over. Like, mm. you know, if a song comes on, I need to do a little shaking. Yeah. Um, or if I'm out with my friends, you know, mm-hmm. at uh, Club Marquee. But <laughs> I'm not trying. I can't, like, do organized dancing. And also, like, you know, in online dating, how, like, different, like, most, I'd say, like, three out of five men will be like looking for my dance partner we gotta be able to go and cut a rug and like dance and like why are all these people like obsessed with dancing is that real the movies did this to us dancing that's also, the last I, fucking thing i'm gonna do with someone i don't know go dance with you i'm sorry like that's like real dancing. intimacy i would do line what? dancing with a stranger becky does line dancing i know i love it it's one of the cutest things about her honestly she has like boots and everything we did line dancing at the last wedding i went to over the summer wasn't summer though it was fall <laughs> look line dancing is fine i'm just saying like if i go meet some person from the internet who's like most likely already going to be a murderer the last thing i want to do is like then i have to be pressured to dance with this person do you know what i mean dance? i guess though i feel like i would want to dance with the murderer you've danced with a murderer you just met on the internet before yeah absolutely really? you dance with the really? devil in the pale moonlight <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever just been dancing by myself? Okay, let's take a break, folks. We're going to come back. I have a really boring story about mistletoe. Help keep nonprofit food radio on the air 
and get a limited-release HRN t-shirt designed by artist Chema Scandal. When you become an HRN member or renew your existing membership at the $90 level, you'll receive a shirt created exclusively for members as our thank you gift. Don't wait because this limited edition t-shirt is only available until December 31st. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to support HRN at any level. There's more swag and benefits available for any tax-deductible donation. You can even get your company on the HRN airwaves as a perk of our business membership program. Head to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. And we're back. Now, I'm going to admit that I'm absolutely fucking exhausted. My brain feels like mush from lots and lots of hard work. Um, And so I decided to do mistletoe. And when I was looking up mistletoe this morning, I kept giggling to myself because it reminds me of camel toe. But it's not camel toe. Camel toe is is what the urologist tells you uh, to do um, when you're going to wipe your vagina properly. Mistletoe is when you put plants down your pants. Exactly. Now, you don't want to confuse the two because you don't want to kiss someone under a camel toe. No. Well, I mean, you can. No. Can you shame? You can kiss someone's camel toe, but you don't want to see a camel toe. It, I'm sorry. I have to pause for a second. I mean, not actually pause. It is thunder and lightning in here. Really? Well, it yeah. feels like negative 28 outside where I am at. This is like some of the shittest weather I've ever seen. It's pouring, thundering, lightning, and in the next hour, it's supposed to drop 20 degrees. Yeah, well, that happened here yesterday, and we had some snow, and now it feels like negative 22 outside. Is there slippery ice around? I don't know. I haven't been out there yet, but presumably, yes. Huh. All right. Well, be careful. Anyway, camel toe and mistletoe, they're different. They're both great, and uh, they're both for the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) What are you getting your loved one this holiday? Camel toe. How are you going to do that? Don't ask questions. The other day when I was looking for um, underwear on Amazon.com, I was like just looking up like good underwear, particularly for like working out in. Mm -hmm. And it kept like suggesting to me all of these things. And the first thing it suggested was a pair of underwear for two people, um, which which I got for Dan um, (laughs) for Christmas. I thought it would be a hilarious gift. Um, it's underwear for two. It's big pair of underwear with four leg holes. That is insane. I know. I'll send you the picture. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> well, then you're not going to like your Christmas gift um, at all. Damn it. Um, and then it also showed me like these like silicone, like, I don't know, wedges that you like put in your underwear so you don't get a camel toe. Fascinating. I know, but I was like, how does that like. How does that stick on? Anyway, this is a food podcast on Heritage Radio. Let's get into it. We're talking about mistletoe. How does it relate to food? Well, you can't eat it, folks. You can't? No. Not really, no. You can take it in like a supplement kind of way. I think it's like uh, like alleviates cancer, but it has to be like processed. For you. you can't just like, after you get done kissing the mistletoe, you can't like Chew on you know, it. shove it down your throat. Yeah, mm, it doesn't fresh in your breath or anything. It sure doesn't. Now, I got all my information today from my favorite website, gardeningbetty.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say some things that Garden Betty talks about in terms of the history of mistletoe, because it did pique my interest. Why do we kiss under this stuff anyway? Um, what is it? 
does it exist in nature? The answer to that question is yes. And I'll tell you a little bit later about how many species of mistletoe there are around the world. I know you've been wondering. <clears throat> are you ready? Oh, when I'm here, I'm going to need you to be here. Da, 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 da. Okay, here we go. Um, some historians believe the tradition of kissing under the mistletoe goes back to the Norse god. Oh, this is actually why I was convinced to do this. This is how pathetic I am. The Norse, the Norse god Baldor, the god of the summer sun. <laughs> um, this is some real inside baseball for you, for folks out I did out not there. know that Baldor was named after a fucking god. <laughs> wow. So much we don't know. <laughs> So for anyone who, for anyone who's listening, who's not in the restaurant industry, <laughs> Baldor is like the wholesaler for restaurants in New York City and like the East Coast in general. Even if you live in New York, you've definitely seen the trucks. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a one-stop shop and you can get like pretty good quality stuff. However, they're always late and they are now more expensive than shopping retail, honestly. Yes, they are. Fuck them, and they really give me a hard time, and they won't change my delivery time, even though I call every day. And anyway, they won't give you any mistletoe. They don't carry mistletoe, which is also extremely rude. However, I like their delivery drivers; they're all very sweet. According to the Norse mythology, Baldur <laughs> I can't really say so loud. <laughs> Baldur dreamed about his own death, samesies, and fell into depression, believing that every li- living thing was out to kill him. But he's a god. Do they die? I guess guess Norse gods are different from regular gods. Yeah, Norse gods um, are almost mortal. So he was beloved by the other gods, um, and they were like, don't worry, Baldur, we're going to (laughs) try to keep you safe from this world because we all need to get persimmons this time of year. Yes. Um, This is also funny. The names in this are hilarious, to me at least, because I have little brain power left. His mother, (laughs) Frigg. Frigg? Frig. Friggin', friggin', like friggin', friggin mom over here. <laughs> friggin' Baldor, am I right? Yeah. His mother, Frigg, the goddess of love, marriage, and beauty, took an oath from all the elements, plants, and animals. They would not harm Baldor. But God, that must have taken neglected. forever. <laughs> like Baldor, am I right? Again. <laughs> nice. Um, but neglected to extract the same promise from the young and insignificant mistletoe. So she asks everything except for freaking mistletoe. Why would she? Baldur. So like she has bad attention to detail. Exactly. And this mistake is truly going to cost her because Loki, the god of mischief. Loki, the god of mischief from the Marvel shows. Never saw that, but I do love mischief myself. And I have to say that if I was a god, I would be Loki, causing mischief, tickling, un- unscrewing salt shakers everywhere, putting plastic over the toilet bowl, etc. Yeah. Well, he apparently, according to the Marvel movies, is Thor's brother, question mark, but maybe it's his adopted brother. I don't really know. Go on. Okay. Well, please call into the show if you've ever seen a Marvel movie. Um, so he discovers the oversight and he makes a poison dart with mistletoe and then he Wait, kills who? Baldor. Oh, Loki does. Okay. So, exactly. So Loki's like, literally it's... going around to every plant and animal being like, did you sign this oath? Did you sign this oath? So this is must have taken years. <laughs> Decades. Good thing that they are Im- mostly immortal except for Baldor, I guess. So he kills Baldor in front of the other gods. <laughs> what a Berries jerk. on the mistletoe become the fa- tears of his mother. And it is decreed henceforth. That mistletoe would bring only love into the world and not death. Okay, well, really, she should have done that just like one day earlier. No shit. Now, I have to be honest. None of this makes any sense to me. 
it seems like a ridiculous connection. We're really grabbing at straws here, or no, should I say is, grabbing at mistletoe? This is absolutely true. I can tell. Okay. It has Nicole a, says it happened. It rings true. She was alive then. So I was. She would yes, know. I was. <laughs> I'm a Norse goddess. Um, you look like you could be a Norse goddess, to be honest. You have the face of a Norse goddess and the ass. Ba-dum-bum-ching. Hell yeah, I do. You got that Norse goddess ass. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what people are always saying. That's what I you. asked my personal trainer. I was like, I need to get the ass of a Norse goddess, please. And they were like, do just do some fucking squats and get out of here. Amazing. All right. So mistletoe is now placed, then placed on doorways. So it would never be overlooked again. <laughs> um, and any uh, two people passing under the plant would have to exchange a kiss in the memory of Baldor. What if they're brother and sister? Doesn't matter. Mom and mom and son. Who cares? Dog and owner. I mean, I dog and cat. Dog and cat have to kiss each other. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Um, okay, so Greco-Roman history reveals that Diana, the goddess of the moon, wore a crown of mistletoe as an emblem of fertility and immortality. Okay. Um, and one theory even says that the seeds of the plant gave rise to the reputation as a life bearer because they're sticky like semen. Gross. Okay. Relax, mistletoe. Stop I have that they were all over us. tears, though. So, like, what? This is all well, I mean, fake news. Let's be, let's be honest. A teardrop and a, a cum shot, not the two most unsimilar things. Sure. If you were yeah. having to, like, draw. You know what I mean? Sure. Just look at the emojis. Totally. They're really similar. Okay, so then we're going to go up all the way. We're going to fast forward billions and billions of years to the <laughs> 18th century in England, your favorite century. Literally my favorite. Literally and literally. Um, literarily. It was a customary for a person to pick a berry off the bough for every kiss until no more berries remained, after which all kissing would cease. So <laughs> All kissing in the like, nation of England. Yeah, they're like, it's over. We picked all the berries. Stop kissing. <clears throat> so that's that. Sounds kind of rapey in a way. Um, I'm sure mistletoe has been mistletoe used many a time in kissing history. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Then I started Googling mistletoe and I went to like, you know, the predictive things that like people ask about whatever thing you're Googling. Yes. And I thought it was so, so funny, although I'm assuming I might be the only one who thought this was funny, again, because of the lack of brain function this morning. <laughs> um, can humans eat mistletoe? <laughs> Just, like, imagining the person who's typing this in. They're, uh, like, holding mistletoe- it in their hand, waiting to get the response. <laughs> There's, like, ketchup on it. <laughs> <laughs> they use it like rosemary, like, on their chicken. Oh my god, it's like in a hot dog bun or like on a sandwich. They're like, ah, I'm out of lettuce. I wonder if I can use mistletoe on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's sticky enough. <laughs> okay. Mistletoe is an evergreen plant with white berries. Mistletoe poisoning occurs when someone eats part of the mistletoe. <laughs> poisoning <laughs> poisoning can also occur if you drink a tea created with mistletoe Uh-oh. or from the plant or berries. So folks, okay, no so mistletoe. Avoid that. Unless yeah, you want to end it all, which is in which case, fine. It's kind of a romantic way to go. Chefs, we're going to need to rethink that mistletoe Caesar salad you've all been trying to put on your menus and this that holiday season. Mistletoe semifredo. <laughs> <laughs> and that mistletoe, the mistletoe hot toddy. <laughs> <laughs> Very dangerous stuff. 
Oh my God, that's so funny. A mistletoe teeny. Um, okay, here's another question that someone asked about mistletoe, another interested inquiring mind who wanted to know. Um, Tom Calico asks, what does mistletoe taste like? The taste of mistletoe leaves a similar taste in your mouth to young grass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I have a question. If mistletoe kills you when you eat it, how can any living person describe its flavor? I guess, like, right before you die, you go, wait, write this down. I want to know if people know what it tastes like. Ah, young grass, not old grass. Not old grass. And the grass. berries are sweet. Mm, well, How, however, neither should be used for food. The herbal remedies for mistletoe leaves include relieving high blood pressure and as a mild sedative. I guess you have to process it somehow first, but I don't know how. Don't try it at home. Okay, fine. Don't eat the mistletoe, no matter how desperate you get. Um, apparently, there are 1,300 types of mistletoe worldwide, which sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's way more than I thought. I thought maybe two. Yeah. 1,300? That sounds like a lot. Of it's a lot of, mistletoe. of food to avoid eating. I know, exactly. It's a lot of kissing to do. Mm, yeah. Anyway, um, are you going to kiss anyone under the mistletoe this Christmas? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. I think Probably be more funny. likely that I'm going to kiss someone on New Year's Eve. That's cute. Lucky you. Um, I was going to say it would be kind of funny to make a camel toe that you hang above the door. Instead oh, of yeah. Mistletoe. I wonder if they have those. Like, you probably get them at the same store where you get truck nuts. Yeah, you get them... With the truck nuts and um, the, like, tinny things that you put your hands on and you look like eraser face or whatever. What? What am I thinking of? Spencer Gifts. What's eraser face? <laughs> it's wrong. I'm not saying the right thing. <laughs> I'm thinking of Hellraiser. <laughs> eraser face. That's Eraser's other band. It's not <laughs> Parrot Eraser. What am I thinking of? What's the guy's Pinhead. name? Pinhead. Pinhead. Eraser face? <laughs> What am I talking about? Erase your face. <laughs> Just erase her face, okay? This podcast is brought to you by the band Erasure. <laughs> <laughs> I love Erasure, actually. They I know, me really too. good songs. Great hits, man. Just play the hits, Erasure, okay? Parrot Erasure, though, is cracking me up. It's a bunch of parrots what? singing Erasure songs. Which could be done Parrot because they erasure. can... They can <laughs> They can mimic our voices. We can make this band happen. <laughs> An erasure cover band called Parrot Erasure <laughs> featuring a bunch of parrots. Mike, Mike Sala. We quick. have to make this band come true. It's the greatest idea I've ever had in my life. Oh my God, that's amazing. And their first album is called Erasure Face and <laughs> it's just a parrot's face. Eray, half erased half with erased. a pencil eraser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow we really did it you know I came into this episode feeling terrible about my topic because it was so boring and <laughs> I'm leaving feeling the same way however I had a great time I had a great time I learned a lot I actually was planning on preparing a mistletoe dinner for Christmas <laughs> Eve and now I have to completely change my entire plan so that's good, good day you got, today you guys were doing feast of the seven mistletoes <laughs> yeah. but we had we had all 1300 varieties Baldor came over and delivered them <laughs> I'm crying. The 1300 course meal. <laughs> it was going to take literally 24 hours. <laughs> I'm like actually crying. 
Fowler driver coming in. He's like, somebody order. Uh, do you guys do like a lot of mistletoe? Sorry, I relate. It was, took a long time to get this all off the truck. <laughs> 1300 mistletoe varieties like, in little bags. Yep. And then we're like, how many times do you tell you don't come in the front door? <laughs> <laughs> don't come in until we started service. This year at 11 Madison Park and their all vegan menu, we're featuring a 1300 course <laughs> mistletoe menu. <laughs> gonna be amazing this is unprecedented no one's ever thought of this before and yeah i'm like a culinary genius and a musical genius like what can't i do daniel hums magnum opus 13 1300 courses (laughs) you want to do like a wine pairing which 1300 wines (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this would be hard to find 1300 wines that go with miss deadly mistletoe well that's probably just switch to na wine in the middle so everyone doesn't perish from drinking too much before they perish from eating mistletoe 1300 times 30 1300 different ways oh my god that is so funny <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like actually crying tears. Like they're pouring out of my eyes. I can't control. (sighs) Uh, All right. Well, hey, that was a fun episode. Oh, wait. We should talk about our favorite top three Christmas anything. (laughs) (laughs) Our top three Christmas. (laughs) Okay. uh, You go first. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I guess gingerbread men and women, (laughs) gingerbread people. Mm -hmm. Um, Love that. Um, What else? The movie It's a Wonderful Life, which I have now watched probably over 14 times. It's so long. It's not one of my faves. I love it. I don't watch the whole thing over and over. I watch just the third act. Okay. That's the best part. Yeah. Um, And then I guess my first favorite Christmas thing, obviously Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. Have you seen... So my... Somebody, I can't even remember who showed me this, but there is a video on the internet of Tickle Me Elmo without his fur on, and it's <laughs> Get out. terrifying. It's very, very scary, and you simply must look it up right away. Without um, his fur? Yes. So it's just like a creepy, tickle, jiggling robot, the creature, <laughs> that looks like the stuff of nightmares. <clears throat> I'm looking um, up right now. Okay, look it. I like the movie... Um, Christmas in Connecticut, actually, which is pretty fun, which I just discovered, you know, like five or six years ago. Oh my God. Are you seeing it? (laughs) Yeah. Are are you, is it the video where it's actually being tickled and it's still moving its eyes? It's not. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Truly will haunt your dreams for the rest of your life. Um, Christmas in Connecticut, I like a lot. I don't really like the movie A Christmas Story. I think we probably talked about this before. That movie sucks, and I hate it. And anyone who just says they like that movie should eat shit and die. They should eat mistletoe <laughs> and die. <laughs> anyone who likes that movie should eat 1,300 separately prepared courses of mistletoe varieties and then die. <laughs> um the other part of Christmas, I like, so my neighbors just came over and last night and brought us baked goods. So that's cute, heartwarming stuff. Um, and then I also like the smell of 
pine. So I have like a pine candle going right now and it just smells oh, great. Delightful. I think you meant Chris Pine. I love the smell of Chris Pine. The one Chris I could recognize of all the Chris's now because of all the scandal. Do you remember when that like meme of like, or like that video where it like looked like Harry Styles spit onto him? Yes. Came out. That was something that also made me laugh so hard. I almost cried. I was, was like, a what a wonderful, brazen move. It was a wonderful time in the collective psyche when we all could just be obsessed with what was going on with those losers. Um, I also watched <laughs> Don't Worry Darling. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. I heard it was so bad. Did it's not that bad. Like I think it? people, it's like Waterworld. People like universally panned it without really giving it a chance. And I think it, it was fine. It's like not like amazing, but it was like fun. And okay, like, I'll watch it. Yeah. I think Florence um, Pugh did. And I also think Olivia Wilde did a good job too. I like Olivia Wilde. And I also want to mention that I've never seen Waterworld, despite how much mm. I enjoy Kevin Costner's face and butt. Never saw Waterworld partially because I was like afraid to see Kevin Costner like that you know with what I mean gills on yeah with gills <laughs> he has gills in it Spoiler no I know oh, okay. I know yeah that's okay. what I'm agreeing with I'm being 100% serious I thought you were like oh, I was afraid well. to see him with gills well I like Waterworld it is insane and really fun to watch with a group of people and make fun of but it's also like popcorn. an enjoyable adventure psychotic post-apocalyptic movie it's like mad max on the directed it like ridley scott no i don't know i always thought kevin costner directed it and which made me feel even worse did he direct it no i don't think i think he directed the postman oh yeah ill post you know (laughs) have you seen that no i've never seen the postman but i have seen you haven't seen You haven't seen every Kevin Costner movie? What the hell, dude? I'm not a Costner completist. I haven't seen The Postman, and I haven't seen Waterworld. But honestly, aside from that, I think I've seen every Kevin Costner movie. Have you seen No Way Out? Yes, of course. Okay, good. Um, Kevin Reynolds directed it. It got 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too shabby. <laughs> what's the Kevin? What's the uh, Kevin Costner movie that Clint Eastwood directed, where he's wearing that? He's like an escaped convict and like he takes up with like a kid and kind of protects him it's like something world like beautiful world or something like yeah that. water that's world a really prequel water world two <laughs> water fountain that movie is um, so like manipulative in terms of like your emotional experience i don't really like that it really is but it's like quite good um Obviously, the bodyguard. Now we're just talking about Kevin Costner. <laughs> well, that's what the people come here for. A perfect world is what it's called. A perfect <clears throat> world. That's a really good movie. I love that. What's your yeah. favorite Kevin Costner movie? Um, I mean, I love fucking Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is great. I mean, his style in Field of Dreams he is looks, definitely Yeah, he's my style point. icon in that movie, for sure. Um, um, his best fitting jeans and like a little shirt that shows a little bit of his tummy. Yeah, Bull Durham is also great. I love Bull Durham. That's my favorite Kevin Costner movie. I like J- JFK. I like his little glasses in that. Yeah, and The Untouchables also. He's like, you can't handle the truth. Just kidding. That's a few good minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle the truth, and that's the truth. Um, all right, folks. I hope that you all have a nice Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye. No, <laughs> Bye. See you Forever. never, losers. See you. Smell you later. Um, Nicole, have a beautiful Christmas. I hope that you eat dip. Are you going to have dip? I'm assuming yes. Oh, my God. We've got so much dip. My refrigerator is bursting at the seams. 
with just with dips. dips. Mm-hmm. What kind of dip did you get? We got street corn dip. We got ranch dip. We got seven layer dip. We got bacon horseradish dip. We have hummus. We have boris and cheese, which is kind of like a dip. That's a dip, baby. Yeah. I love boris and cheese. It's the delicious. Fuck is it? It's so good. It's amazing. And you can get three of them at Costco for a low, low price of $10, which is how much oh. one costs at the bougie grocery store at my house. It's <laughs> amazing. You want to hear a deal that I got the other day? Yes, I was in Key I Food. You want to hear about some deals? Oh, listen to this deal <clears throat> I got. I was in Key Food. I was like getting something unrelated and I passed the hot sauce aisle. And I personally love crystal hot sauce. It's yeah. like my favorite. And there was three big jars of crystal hot sauce for five American dollars. What? Three for five? Yeah. Now I'm like drinking that stuff. I'm like putting it in my eyes instead of visine. I'm trying to find ways to use it up because I bought a lot of it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it in your eyes. It's a good thing. And I like to sprinkle it on my mistletoe when I munch on it when I'm watching (laughs) movies. (laughs) I like to put it on a piece of toilet paper before I (laughs) spread my vagina out and wipe it with four hands. (laughs) Like, uh, Miss, we were wondering, these three male doctors and I, when you wipe, do you sprinkle hot sauce on your toilet paper, spread your wings, and then fly? <laughs> uh, I was like, this is embarrassing. Um, all right, folks, have a great holiday. Um, hasta la pasta. Bye bye. Hasta la figgy pudding. Bye. <laughs> Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.